Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. It's Kylie Davis here, and I'm delighted to be your host as we explore the brave new world where technology and real estate collide. It's so great to have you here and to share stories of innovation and opportunity across real estate, property, and building services. And the aim of each episode is to introduce listeners to a PropTech innovator who is pushing the boundaries of what's possible across how we design, build, buy, sell, rent, and invest in property and all of the associated behavior and activities around that. Now, none of this would be possible without our sponsors. So a big shout out to the Direct Connect team, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the innovators behind the Forms Live and RealWorks Forms, and the PropTech Association of Australia. Thank you for your support of the podcast. Housing affordability and home ownership is one of the hottest topics going right now. And my guest in this episode is Tim Harley, co-founder and CEO of ownhome.com, which is helping renters get into the market eight times faster thanks to their innovative rent to buy model. Tim has a background in finance and fintech, having worked with overseas payment and currency exchange software wise. He's had time in private investing, and time at Macquarie and at Herbert Smith Freehills. Ownhome.com were the winner of the PropTech for Good Award at the 2022 PropTech Awards hosted by the PropTech Association of Australia. And in this interview, we explore the very meaty issue of housing affordability and the challenges faced by renters in trying to save for a deposit, which currently takes a typical couple 10 years longer than previous generations. So here to tell us all about it, Tim Harley. Welcome to the PropTech Podcast. Hi, Carly. Thanks for having us today. No worries. Now, look, Tim, hardest questions always the first. Tell us the elevator pitch for Own Home. Absolutely. So home ownership and wealth inequality remain one of the greatest challenges to our society. And we're solving housing accessibility and the crisis facing our country by paving a new path to home ownership. So really addressing the barrier that many face, and that's saving for the initial deposit. So OneHome supports hardworking Australians by allowing you to save for your dream home while you live in it. And very briefly, in terms of how we do that, once approved, OneHome finds, negotiates, and purchases your home. You then take the keys and move in immediately and build your security deposit over time. And then anytime after two years, you buy the home at the pre-agreed price and become a fully-fledged homeowner. Wow. Okay. Now you guys won the PropTech for Good Award this year at the PropTech Awards. That's right, isn't it? It was. It was a, a great night um, and very um, pleasant recognition of how important home ownership is for people. Yeah, I that, I I couldn't be there because I was determined not to become a super spreader, but <laughs> but I, but I watched the video and saw all the photos, so um, so I know it was a great night. So look, let's dive into this issue of housing affordability and the way that you guys are um, addressing it. How big is it as a problem here in Australia? I mean, we hear about it all the time, but how, how big is it as an issue? Mm. The problem's a great place to start. So home deposits have soared in Australia, you know, as house price growth has greatly outpaced wage growth. Mm-hmm. Um, our generation spends a decade longer in the workforce than our parents to save for that deposit. And Carly, for a couple, that's 7,300 days spent as a renter instead of a homeowner. So really Mm -hmm. significant numbers. Because of this, homeownership rates have naturally declined steadily with more people being forced to rent for longer. And so this is really, you know, a worrying issue. 
as we know, homeowners typically typically retire with 20 times the wealth of renters. And so the reality is we can no longer say we live in a meritocracy when it comes to housing. The smartest move you can make, Kylie, is to choose your parents. Well, <laughs> three out of five first home buyers rely on direct financial support from the bank of mum and dad. And so owning is a path for those like myself who don't have or don't want to rely on that support. Because mm. I I know that um, look I'm the I'm the mother of two adult boys so um, and my eldest is trying at the moment at the ripe old age of 29 to get into the property market. Um, when so when you say us, you're talking about millennials, Gen Z, or what? Or does it does it matter? What generation? Good question. So uh, it it doesn't matter in so far as we're an on ramp to a mortgage. So our customers are um, largely between about 25 and 40. And mm-hmm. in terms of what they look like, they have strong earnings and strong credit scores and are really committed to prioritizing owning a home. But mm-hmm. the golden thread is that they lack access to that intergenerational wealth. Um, although we do have a few customers who have access to it and don't want to rely on it. Yeah. Okay. Because it is, I mean, I used to jokingly say when I was at CoreLogic that the only way our kids were going to afford their their property ownership strategy was to wait for a their parents to die basically <laughs> to leave the leave wealth to them right um yeah how how big how do you size your market how do you when you're talking to investors or when you're talking to the market how do you explain how big it is or what's your and your potential in that space yeah really good question Kylie um so starting with some fundamentals there are hundreds of thousands of Australian families who are renting and would prefer to be homeowners. So we know it's in the hundreds of thousands. Um, By some other estimates, there's 4.5 million young Australians who don't own the home they live in. So kind of talking really big um, numbers. We also know, you know, uh, residential real estate is the largest asset class in the world. Um, This year, Australia hit $9 trillion. Um, Mm. And we actually punch as a country well above our weight um, compared to others when you look at us on a per capita basis. And I think what that tells us is residential real estate, i.e. people's homes, is really important um, to people. And we as Australians largely are very excited to invest in in that. So very, very big um, numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, 9.2 trillion. I was doing them the other day. So that's uh, for the August numbers for the value of residential real estate. And 31% of our market is rented. Um, wow. And unlike other countries most of it is mum and dad you know like it's individual ownership it's not the big residential end of town um so i'm really i'm I'm really curious about what your business model is because if i if i have found a property or i'm thinking of finding a property as a if i'm a let's pretend i'm a millennial um or we're pretending that we're sam my son and he's does he need to have a property in mind or does he come to you and just say help me out here Yeah. So I'll dive into the initial problem that we were tackling, which was that deposit hurdle. So Mm -hmm. as we said, own home, first and foremost, is tackling that new path to homeownership for people that don't have hundreds of thousand dollars or access to the bank um, of mum and dad. And so maybe to go down, you know, what is the alternative path for them very quickly, just so we understand that. So you would know it's typically a 20% mortgage plus stamp duty. So for an Australian, you're looking at about 25% of the value of the home. So on a million dollar home, $250,000 to get into the market. With Own Home, we've managed to reduce that number to just 3%. And so 30K is what you need to get into your own home 
um, using that $1 million home example. So we're really proud that it's up to eight times cheaper to get into your home than a traditional mortgage. However, that was the primary problem we set out to solve, um, you know, a financially realistic path to home ownership. But what we've learned along the way, Kylie, is actually the home buying journey itself is really broken. <laughs> so we're solving no. that too. <laughs> exactly. Um, the real estate market, as you know, is not an even playing field. We've got agents out there who do this day-to-day, know all the tricks of the trade, and they're effectively up against first home buyers doing this for the first time and trying to learn um, as they go. And so to double click into like how we solve that, once a customer is approved, Own Home works with them to find, negotiate and purchase their home. Um, and really, we bring the lens of where the trusted advisor to work towards the great outcome for you, just like sellers have their trusted advisor being real estate um, agents. So Onum helps navigate everything from negotiations to building and pest reports, um, strata, taxes. We make that entire process streamlined uh, and stress-free as possible. And then once we've done all the heavy lifting and successfully purchased, you know, one of your son's dreams homes, dream homes, you take the keys and move in immediately and you're saving for it over time. Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. So please do. Where to start? Okay. Where to start? Where to start? So, Tim, 3% is what you're sort of bringing down the deposit level to, which makes it more affordable. How do you work in with, or do you work in with things like first home buyer grants or stuff like that? Are you tied into that? Mm. So, it's really, yeah, I can see where your mind was going. There's two great (laughs) areas. So, one would be business model, and then like, what are people's other alternatives and how do we tie into that? So, Maybe if we um, just go through the business model and yep. elucidate that a bit. So we operate what's called a live-to-own business mm-hmm. model. It's very similar to rent-to-own, but it has substantially more benefits. So there's three really important benefits to the live-to-own model compared to the traditional rent-to-own. One, customers participate in the upside of the value if the home appreciates. Two, customers have certainty of tenure. So they know that a landlord isn't going to you know, send a very impersonal email and tell them they've got <laughs> four weeks out. to get out of um, yep. their home. And then third, really excitingly, customers can make improvements to their home in the knowledge that they're on that path to home ownership. So something we're really excited about at Own Home is that 50% of our customers invested in improving their home in the first six months. So no one thought that they would do that. And one of our customers is actually putting the finishing touches on a pool in their backyard, which is awesome. And we're really excited to see them investing to make it um, their own. So we already went down the kind of 3%, which is you know eight times cheaper than um, a mortgage and own home covers, all those fees along the way. Um, and so that's the sort of like the business model. Maybe to go through, there's own home, there's these government schemes you reckon like broadly in the space, like what is happening in Australia in mm. housing accessibility and affordability. Um, so what we have seen is the last election, as you would know, we saw a huge bipartisan push and focus on housing accessibility and affordability as a core challenge that our nation is facing. Um, the government has deployed um, some schemes to help tackle that. They already had a few that I won't rattle off, and they're really designed to help people onto the property ladder. Mm-hmm. Um they, as they you know, should do, are for a subset of the population. And so, I guess turning to you know the competitive space in the future, where we would love to see more options for people is really with the end goal of every person in Australia should have the chance and a path to home ownership that doesn't first require hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so, you know, 
we are one team working very hard at tackling that, but hopefully seeing many more. Sadly, we haven't seen many private market solutions. So we've seen the government support, but we haven't seen many businesses in the space tackling housing accessibility. Mm. So so what is the make? Give me a picture of the demographic of some of your clients to date. Are they... Are they singles looking to get into the market? Are they fam- younger families? What's the? I'm I'm curious about that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. When we look through who the customers are, we serve. They come from all walks of life, but the golden thread is lack of access to the bank of mum and dad, and that can take you know a number of flavors. Because the headline question is, why would someone not have hundreds of thousands of dollars despite you know having a great um, career to date, having a great salary, mm. not taking extravagant holidays, just living a fairly normal life and yeah. still not having that money. Um, there's a couple answers. One, first, um, uh, immigrants to Australia. So we know that um, first-generation migrants make up about 28% of Australia. They typically don't have access to you know a large intergenerational wealth transfer from parents that have been here building up. So that's one. Co-order customers were really excited um, to serve and then we have others that are early in their journey. So we said that it takes a decade longer than it did um, the previous generation. So on average, it's 12 years to save for a home deposit. Mm. That's young professionals who are only three years into their career, but they're very committed to potentially building a family early. They know where they want to live. They're committed to home ownership. So that's another um, cohort. And you know, the third is there's a number of reasons why people might not have that large deposit. One, a few of those are people that have sadly gone through a divorce and lost their capital or they've invested in a business and so their cash is tied up. So there's really like what's been really intriguing to us is there's so many reasons why people don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. but are actually like- <laughs> Lying finding, around, yeah. <laughs> exactly, just in the back pocket. <laughs> but are like really, exactly, really sound financial actors who have great careers, good credit scores and so we think there should be a path for them. Mm, okay. And it, it sounds, so you sounds like you're also part buyer's agent rather than just mortgage broker. Um, is that, you know, I guess you've got all your T's and C's signed off to be, to do that as well? Yeah, exactly. And the distinction is because we purchase the home for own home. So the customer can buy the home back at the pre-agreed price once they've saved enough. Um, mm-hmm. so we're purchasing the home, which really aligns our incentives because the question we're asking is, are we really excited to own this house at this price? Um, so when we're in there negotiating for our customers, doing all the legal DD, we find there's a really good alignment of what we're trying to achieve and what they're trying to achieve. Whereas a buyer's agent might not be as, um, aligned and they might be looking to, you know, um, potentially, not reduce the price as much or not invest in trying to reduce the price as much. But you are right. It's a really big distinction and something our customers have been really vocal about. With a mortgage, you get the cash and that's it. With own home, you get access to a home as well as the entire purchase journey managed for you. Um, And where it's always tough telling a customer no, it's something I absolutely hate doing (laughs) when they fall in love with a home and we, you know, deep dive into the legal DD, I like Kylie, I'm very embarrassed to admit the level of expertise we now have at analyzing sewerage diagrams. I think I've got Sydney Water on speed (laughs) dial. So all these fun things that people, exactly, they're really important. important. And and they're things people should do, 
but typically don't because they're rushed or they just haven't bought a home before so they don't know what to um, do. And so we do all of that heavy lifting, which is a very different proposition to just say getting a transfer for a mortgage and having cash, but still having to deal with, you know, the melee of being uh, in the property market. Imagine a real estate forms and contract solution that's always accessible, up to date with legal changes and cuts admin time by 40%. That's the beauty of the Forms Live platform from Dynamic Methods. With Forms Live, Dynamic Methods have created a form system that is easy, online and best of all, compliant. Every month, 50,000 agents and property managers use Forms Live in 7,500 agencies across every state and territory in Australia. Plus, Forms Live has over 100 integrations in including the industry's most popular CRMs, connection services, and digital signatures with DocuSign, making it the national platform of choice for real estate forms. Check them out at formslive.com.au. So is it houses only or do you do apartments as well? So we can do apartments. Um, We have a much lower percentage of our portfolio that's apartments versus the national average. Um, And that's because typically customers are looking at really long-term areas that we serve and looking to invest in free standing. But we we definitely have. So... Do you, so you know so maybe drawing off a personal uh, anecdote here but are you yeah. but do you have the have you ever had the situation where you've had someone come to you and say look I've got quite a I've got a deposit saved I think I'm looking at this area because I think that's the best place for me to get into the market and you guys actually say mm, we think you're under-egging it you should if we can actually help you get into a better property in a better place mm. Um, Well, first and foremost, if someone comes to us and they've got enough for a deposit, the first thing I tell them is, hey, you have enough for a deposit, like a mortgage, you should definitely go and try (laughs) to get a mortgage. Like, I'm sad that you won't be a customer of ours, but at the end of the day, it's getting people into a home. If you do that yourself, like, that's awesome. So that'd be, sorry, Carla, we would have a very quick phone call and then I would like usher you towards a broker. But we have a lot of people who after that come back and they say, actually, I spoke to a broker um, at the end of the day, I can get into a home, have the entire process managed for me. And that cash I have saved up, I can now put into improvements in the home. So I'm actually going to spend $50,000 putting in a pool, redoing the backyard and that sort of thing. So that, that's that been um, one that customers have gone down. So, and in terms of, do we have suburbs we don't serve? Absolutely. Um, so there are suburbs that don't have the growth profile that we think is a good long-term financial decision for our customers and we'll direct mm-hmm. them um, to which those are. Um, also, you know, we direct people to the fact that houses over the last 20 years have performed better than units on a capital growth basis. Mm-hmm. It's not every time, but that's just what the data um, supports. And so this is a big reason why customers come to own home. Um, it's very hard to go from zero Imagine you're, you know, an accountant um, that's a partner at one of the big four and you all of a sudden in your spare time have to become a property market expert. It's not mm. a very realistic expectation. And so they look to own home to and manage to a couple of kids or something. Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> homeschooling and all of that stuff that you now have to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And heavens forbid, have like a hobby or a social life or time with no. their partner. You know, no. <laughs> it's just not no, happening. No, that's not going to happen. Um, so, Tim, just explain to me what's the... What's the mechanism in the ownership structure? So do you guys, obviously, because it sounds like you're, you're buying it jointly and then handing off once they get to the level, is that of, of paying down the so, deposit? Yeah, so we purchase the property and then customers build up their, their security deposit 
that they can put towards purchasing it from own home at a pre-agreed price. And so most of our customers, um, a lot of the very financial ones build like very fancy spreadsheets because hmm. we give them certainty, they can forecast forward and they know exactly what they need to budget for, say two, three, four years um, from now. And so that's the, I guess, the the underpinnings of it. We purchase it and then customers can buy it back at that pre-agreed price and they also know what they're paying um, so it can budget forward. Got it. Okay. So how big are you guys and how much money have you got behind you? Because this sounds expensive. <laughs> as a, as a property, <laughs> property is expensive as people yeah. that have tried to save for one. No, <laughs> um, I can't comment on exact numbers internally, but, you know, we're growing really rapidly and constantly hiring for new roles. So, um, yeah, for your listeners who I'm sure are super interested in like prop techs and the good they can do in the world, um, our website's ownhome.com. Um, but to give you a flavor of the kind of people supporting customers on the journey, so we had Jan Debevec join as our head of capital markets. He's responsible for expanding own homes, debt and financial management capabilities as we support more homeowners. So he has two decades working in, you know, the major banks, you know, uh, Westpac and RBS and the like, as well as the ratings agencies. So really thrilled that, you know, we have such an expert building the financial foundations to support more customers in the coming years. But we also have, you know, very public um, announcements. Uh, the AFR run story on our Series A that we did at the start of the year. So that was $31 million led by SquarePeg, who are phenomenal investors and have been amazing partners on the journey with us. Um, and also CBA's X15 invested as part of that round as well, along with a host of um, others. So we're really looking to build, you know, the right coalition around this problem. Like who are the right partners that care deeply about getting Australians into their home? And we're really happy with the partners today. Fantastic. So what are the biggest challenges and lessons that you've learned to date? Building How up long do you have, Kylie? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, Just give me a the, top three. <laughs> exactly. Um, the biggest one that is pretty universal to whether we speak to customers, investors, policymakers, um, journos, is breaking down this outdated notion that if you haven't saved a deposit of hundreds of thousands of dollars, you don't deserve a path to home ownership. Like yeah. we think it's mm. it's not a very helpful mindset that we have in this country. We understand where it's come from, but I think that's you know a challenge that we're championing in terms of changing the mindset around the deposit being the defining factor. So that would be the biggest one. And I, I think I almost want to leave it at one so that, you know, your listeners can go away and help um, us in that journey. I think, look, I think it's a great point because there are so many outdated definitions in real estate and property that we really need to just leave behind. Um, and I'm thinking around, I, I was talking recently to the Australian uh, API, to API and to property valuers. and it's all based on our definition, our very old school definitions of risk. Because basically, if you can't raise a 20% deposit, you're not good enough. Or if you're a renter, you're obviously a second class citizen because you haven't got enough money to, to buy. And like these are all based on, on modeling of risk that is based on very poor data. Um, and very high conservatism around protecting the landlord or the property owner 
or the you know the or the or the seller in that case and we have access to so much more data now that gives us much better insights on how people are going to behave so so both the definitions and the and the risk modeling that sits underneath them that was seeking to protect us just really need a, a big revamp i reckon i couldn't couldn't agree more and like it's very clear where they came from because when these definitions were originally created we didn't have the really rich data that we can now get on like people what they can provide their financial position those sorts of things so i think it is you know the industry needs to catch up to where as an example data availability um is now we've seen it in other industries like you know fintech financial industry has been completely revolutionized um mm -hmm. by this and so prop tech as well seeing that same evolution is really exciting to new definitions yeah and look we've got well, there's a generation now coming in charge who are bigger than the baby boomers who set all this stuff up <laughs> nearly was undiplomatic there as a card carrying member of generation x um <laughs> but um Whose who's response to this stuff that doesn't work is just, yeah, nah, not going to do it that way. And I, I truly, I love that about millennials and, and Gen Zs. Go, go, go the younger Gens. Amen. Um, amen. Um, so what what's something that you know now, Tim, that you wish you'd known when you first kicked off with Own Home? Um, again, I'll keep it to one so that I don't bore you with the 317 lessons of the past <laughs> few years. Um, but I think the biggest one that is really impactful in own home and for our customers, but also more broadly, is the longer term your view, the larger your impact. Mm -hmm. um, when we started own home, I thought five years ahead was, you know, long term. Um, and I believe it was Einstein that famously said compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Mm. And so the counsel would be that being able to think on longer time spans dramatically increases the potential impact that you can have. And so here at Own Home, we now think in terms of decades, not just, you know, one, three, five-year plans. Mm. Do you run a prop tech business or are you the founder of a prop tech? Make sure you join the Prop Tech Association of Australia. It's Australia's new not-for-profit association made up of tech people who are passionate about the property industry and committed to improving experiences in how we buy, sell, rent, manage, build and finance property. Joining will give you access to events and networks across Australia and globally to help you promote and grow your business. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and follow the prompts to join. So how long does it take an average client of own homes to get to that point where they can buy the property off you? It's a really good question and it really depends on the particular customer's journey both within home, own home but also um, outside. So do they have, um, have they gone through salary increases? What has been the performance of their property? Um, did they have cash that they had in some, another asset starting out? But I guess the the biggest point is that with own home, they save about two and a half percent of the value of the home each year. And so mm -hmm. the the very simple math, after four years, their security deposit is 10%. And so with, you know, based on their situation, they might be in a position then, they might be in a position much sooner if they say have some pay increases that mean they can save more. Um, but two and a half percent a year is what they build in their security deposit at own home. Um, and mm -hmm. we have a number of customers that have realized, well, I actually got this text a few weeks ago that said, um, I thought I was a bad saver 
it just turns out I didn't have something to save towards. Ah, and I think that yes, really the goal's right, right? I think that really cut through to me that once people are waking up, having coffee in the kitchen, you know, taking their kids to school, they're really excited to save towards this thing that they're building their life around. And so really happy to support people on that journey. So so where do you guys make your money? Uh, it's your business great, model. <laughs> good question. And we're, we're super transparent. The company I worked for previously was a multi-billion dollar fintech that was completely obsessed with transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's now baked into my DNA. Very simply, we don't make money upfront. We actually invest more money in purchasing the home than the customer pays. If you think through stamp duty itself is 4%, we pay that, the customer doesn't. We make our money on those regular fortnightly payments. And so a small part of that goes towards us and we reinvest that into the business so we can grow and serve future customers. Um, We don't get kickbacks. We don't sell ads. um, We don't like those business models. Mm -hmm. So we simply make a very transparent part of that fortnightly payment. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So is there, there are some baked in at currently stupidity in the Australian property ownership concept though, that is actually making property more unaffordable. And some of that includes things like stamp duty, you know, the way our stamp duty is, um, is structured across many states. And what are you guys letting governments off the hook in that space or like is there or, or what, do, what what else needs to be done to improve affordability um, which is not own home but is sort of the broader space? Yeah. I would love Anthony Albanese to be looking at own home and saying they've taken care of it. We don't need to do anything <laughs> anymore <laughs> um, until that day. <laughs> you could, however, give the um, Victorian and, and New South Wales governments a bit of a smack around their stamp duty <laughs> levels though. <laughs> Exactly. So until that day, there's like definitely a place for the government to step in and and it should. This is more, this is really important. Um, So I I think the problem is so large that no single entity, even the Australian government is going to solve it anytime soon, Mm -hmm. which is why our view on like new entrants into the market is absolutely, we need it. Everyone needs a path um, Mm -hmm. to home ownership. As we said, there are millions of Australians who don't own the home they live in. So we're very far away from ever, um, you know, solving this problem. This is, as we said on that, um, comp- the note on compounding, we're decades away from yeah. being in a place um, to say mission complete, if we ever get there, which we probably won't. Yeah. And, and so who do you think are your competitors or collaborators in this space? Yeah. Um, won't go over the government again, but they're, you know, clearly eyes are on this as a problem and they're leaning into um, expand programs to help people. Um, Sadly, in terms of non-government, looking at the private markets, there just aren't people who are solving this particular problem of the deposit hurdle. And so Mm. people getting into a home without needing hundreds of thousands um, of dollars where we definitely can't solve it alone, but we're really excited to have like shown the way that the power this has with people. And also, like we talked about before, just, you know, the fact that there are great uh, Australians with great careers, great earnings, great credit scores who deserve a path to home ownership. Mm. Yep. Yep. Totally. Uh, look, our personal story is that my eldest is has saved a, a reasonably sized depo- deposit to, you know, under home, home loan schemes and stuff, but mm. recently took a new job 
18 months, uh, you know, finished his old job after 18 months because he'd come home from overseas, which had a significant pay rise attached to it, and then got told by banks, oh, but you haven't been in your job for 18, you know, you left your job before 18 months. It's like, hang on, you wanted him to keep earning the lesser amount? <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. Anyway, um, anyway. Couldn't agree more. Well, I'm, <sighs> yeah, our, our story is um, like, as we were thinking through, most of my core life memories are based around when I was in my home. If I think back, when people ask the question, what's your earliest memory? Or like, what do you remember before you were 10? Like yeah. the entirety of my memories are in the home. And so that's why this is so important to me and why I'm now an own home customer. So um, my fiance and I are living in our very own home and couldn't be more thrilled uh, to do so. Awesome. So what do you think are the future trends that are driving this space that you guys are playing in and, and what's mm. coming down the path? So I think a big trend that I'm seeing in Australia is a growing number of smart driven mission-led operators choosing to tackle challenges in the property space here in Australia. Mm. Um, so when I originally moved overseas to London and the Middle East, professional services were still reigning supreme in terms of where people wanted to be. Um, when I returned to Australia a few years ago, I was really blown away by the change uh, in where thoughtful, capable people were choosing to devote their time and energy um, towards. And, you know, thankfully, I can't see this trend slowing down anytime soon. Mm. So that's a big one on, you know, why I'm really optimistic about people and our ability as a country to solve big problems. Um, also on the customer side, I think we're seeing people wanting more authentic experiences. Um, at Own Home, we pride ourselves on being human. This means not hiding behind jargon or, you know, passing customers around departments. We create a real relationship built on trust and expertise and strive to deliver every day on that. If it means answering WhatsApps at 10.30 or a call at, you know, on the weekend at 11 p.m. at night, then that's what we do because we're really committed to providing a really authentic and delightful journey to home ownership. Fantastic. And what does the future look like for Own Home? What's on your roadmap? It's a big question, Kylie. Um, <laughs> That's all right. There, yeah, maybe starting with what we know, we know there are millions of Australians who don't own the home they live in, um, and we're not going to solve that anytime soon. Um, we've had a lot of success to date, um, and our customers are really vocal about how their incredible journeys um, have been, which we're really proud of and honoured by. But we also know we're incredibly early, early in our journey, providing all Australians with a new fairer path to home ownership. So I'm really optimistic about you know the journey to date but also know we need a coalition of committed thoughtful and impactful partners around this problem and so part of that journey is creating that coalition to tackle housing accessibility and affordability fantastic well listen tim it has been an absolutely fantastic to talk to you about own home and housing affordability and how you guys are playing such an important role in in solving it. Um, thank you very much for being on the PropTech podcast. Thanks, Carly. It was a lot of fun. So thank thanks very much for your time. <laughs> thank you.
So what did you think about Own Home? As the mother of a millennial and a Gen Z, I'm grateful someone is working on solutions to address ways to save for a deposit that gets you into the market in a way that feels safe and transparent and recognises the cash position of first-time buyers who are already renting. But at the same time, I'm a bit frustrated and even angry. Not at Own Home, they're doing an incredible job, but at the systemic issues that exist in our housing market that make workarounds like Own Home even necessary. And those issues are the issue of stamp duty costs, making existing homeowners reluctant to sell because we're worried about the cost of buying our next property and so market supply is constantly low and that pushes up prices. Housing affordability, which is impacted by complex issues of housing supply, build costs, and therefore how we build housing, which is still based on ideals and business models rooted in the 18th century. The issue of housing supply and the layers of government around that, which mean that we don't have a national approach to resolving some of the hugely structural and complex issues that need everyone pulling together in one direction to address, not at this state-based and then local government-based level. And the banking industry, that in these days of big data, they are still relying on old models of risk assessment. And finally, our mentality here in Australia of entitlement and as a way to avoid accountability by making this an individual problem, that if you're clever enough or determined enough, you'll buy a home and if you can't, then you just don't have the grit or you haven't got what it takes. That lets our governments and institutions off the hook for inaction. So look, that's my rant. It's unlikely to make any kind of difference, I realise, but hey, I feel so much better and thank you for indulging me. If you're a listener working in this space, reach out to me on LinkedIn or email if you've got an opinion. I'd love to hear what you're doing and feature more prop techs working in the housing affordability space. But really well done, Own Home. I love what you're doing to convert renters into homeowners and I love the transparency and accountability of your model and the fact that you're recognising the huge value of renters and the cash flow they command. And so now if you are going to look them up, make sure you go to ownhome.com, not ownhome.com.au, which is a small mortgage broking firm, so don't get them mixed up. Now, are you coming to the PropTech Forum in Sydney on October 13? It's the first PropTech event by PropTechs for PropTechs, and it's your chance to meet others in the industry and discuss the issues that are impacting us and the development of our tech. We'll be discussing the property market and how the economic headwinds will impact prop tech, the technology and the future demographic trends that are going to change how we develop, iterate and sell prop tech and a whole lot more in between. Our special guest speakers include the fabulous Fred Shabesta from finder.com, Mina Radhakrishnan from Different, Ash Farugia from Active Pipe, Nigel Dalton from ThoughtWorks, Chris Spanos from IDS and Sarah Bell from AIRE. Plus, there will be an afternoon of incredible roundtable discussions on topics including cybersecurity, data integrations, employment and hiring, commercial property, and the new marketing environment, just to name a few. So if you want to meet your peers, thrash out some issues, make new contacts, and get some business done, especially with other prop techs, get your tickets booked today. Go to proptechassociation.com.au and click on the prop tech forum link. 
Now, if you have enjoyed this episode of the PropTech Podcast, I would love you to tell your friends or drop me a line either via email, LinkedIn or on our Facebook page. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor and Apple iTunes. I'd like to thank my podcast producer, the fabulous Charlie Hollands, and our sponsors, Direct Connect, Making Moving Easy, Dynamic Methods, the name behind Forms Live, REI Forms Live and RealWorks, and the PropTech Association of Australia. Australia, Australia's industry body supporting the flourishing prop tech community. Now, if you're an Australian or a New Zealand prop tech who would like to be on the show, drop me a line via LinkedIn or Kylie at proptechassociation.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Until next time, keep on prop teching.